If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 to get 20 20, to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. Okay. Welcome. Is this working? Test. Test. Testing. Live test. Yeah, I hope it works because we're gonna record now for the next like thirty to. Well, the bars are doing a thing. Oh, that's true. That's a wait. Stop talking. Yep, it's working. Yeah. Okay. Good. Feedback loop. That's how you. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's good. That was a good test because you know that's like testing reality. If it. Showed oh, that we both agreed segue, on it. Segue, 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 segue. Totally what I'm going to talk about. And I'm talking about that on Mystery Murdery Thingy. <laughs> what? What is this called? That, What's well, this is the podcast we've been doing for 39 weeks. In a row. Woo! I've never done anything that long High before. five. I've, Go us. I've never... We, <coughs> me and Mario were talking about how, like, we've never done anything, like, right. once a week. For, exactly. I mean, besides, like normal stuff that you do once a week i don't know right you know like you you know you visit uh the eiffel tower once a week you know totally everyone always i bet people do you, know, you um what else do people do once a week you like run 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 the the bulls pump what you know run the run oh, the like bulls. in spain does, does that happen every week i want to go to barcelona barcelona would be cool I only want to go to Barcelona because in the Cheetah Girls, they went to Barcelona. Where you going, Barcelona? You gotta strut oh. like you mean it. Free your mind If you too. got it, flaunt it. Two totally different generations here. We're just doing a medley. And I'm eating some Sour Patch Kids. Um, Ew. I thought we weren't eating on the podcast. Well, Because if we were... Sorry. If we... If, we were going to eat, then I'd be eating Oreos. No, we shouldn't start. Let's, that would be a slippery slope. Okay, I'm done. Some people have misophonia. Misophonia. What? Misophonia. What? What the hell is that? It's like they're extra sensitive to little sounds like people chewing oh, and stuff, and they hate it. And it's it like drives the, them nuts. the opposite of ASMR. Yes. <clears throat> Some people love that. True. People, people are different. No, don't. Yeah. You're attacking them with your smackings. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about mysteries. And murderies. And lip smacking. And thingies. And thingies. I'm Chloe. And I'm Mario. Um, You're not Luigi? No. Oh my fucking God. My whole fucking life. <laughs> right? Oh, where's Luigi? That's okay. Because at least I'm not named after a dog in the life of pets. Shut up. What? Shut up. <laughs> gotcha. I do have a dog name. Yeah. I mean, also the dog in, um, what, what was it? The, the Chihuahua in like... Uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. I never saw that movie because I don't like... I don't like dog movies. Isn't what? that weird? I that love dogs, weird. but I don't like dog movies. 
That's very strange. I would have thought exactly I just think the they're too fake. I like it when it's genuine. Yeah. When dogs are genuinely being goofy. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, okay, anyway. So, uh, I'm going to go first this week. Yeah, this is going to be super loosey-goosey. Yeah, this is going to be kind of a loose episode, kind of discussion-based, kind of philosophical. Um, My write-up is on a, a Denny's menu. Yeah, we just went to Denny's. And you can see it if you go to our Instagram, I believe, right? That's on Instagram. Yeah, Chloe was totally techie and, like, posted a video to Instagram. Totally techie? Totally techie. Is this, like, 2001? Yes. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, the new CNET podcast, uh, Mario and Chloe Talk Tech. CNET? Nice. Yeah. I used we can to... go to Circuit City after this, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, we'll go rent a movie it's at, uh, at, uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. I had to fucking remember what... Fucking was even There's called. a family video down the street. I met some people who worked there. That's so who funny. Who worked there, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be that kind of an episode. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of an episode. Yeah. So, okay, um, wh- what are you talking about? This oh, my is, God. This is going to oh get Oh, my God, deep. what am I talking about? We're talking about okay. some deep, deep shit here, okay? We're, yeah, we were, like, starting to the, the discussion at Denny's, a really good place for philosophical discussions, by the way. Of course. Yes. You got the food, you got the good atmosphere. Yeah. You know. Your peach Sprite. Right. Um, your tea <laughs> um, with honey so my voice can be uh, properly uh, potified. Um, I don't know what that means. That's a part I would edit I out. I wish y'all could see my face right now. <laughs> if we edited, but we usually don't. Um, so anyway, this is like, pro- honestly, like, I don't know. It, it, nothing could be a bigger mystery, right? Like, I'm going to talk about, like, what is reality? Boom. <laughs> is anything real? Boom. Duh. <laughs> Duh, nah, nah, nah. Um, this is like the biggest mystery of all, right? Um, is anything real? Does anything exist? What does that mean? If reality exists, oh, what the fuck is it? Yeah, right? man. What is reality? Why aren't dragons real? Maybe they are. Maybe they are in a parallel universe. We'll get to that later. Oh, just a little tease. Hint, 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 hint. Chloe's. That's gonna be. I'm talking about parallel universes. Yeah, we we could just tell you. It's not a hint anymore. I just I just straight up said it. It's it's a uh, spoiler. Sorry, it's gonna be the the second half of the episode. So what I'm gonna talk about though is just like straight reality. So yeah, um, there's a lot of different ideas about this. Throughout time, obviously. Um, so, in, like, Western philosophy, right? Because we, like, live in America, and we always have to be super fucking Woo! Western-centric. America! Yeah, America. Fuck America. yeah. Um, there's this idea We're, called... like, a solid 6 out of 10. Okay, sorry, keep going. <laughs> cool. Um, so, there's this idea called ontology, right? It, it, it's the philosophical study of... Being, if you will. Why are you talking like that? Uh, I don't know. I just I thought it'd be funny. It probably wasn't. Um, so you know, and and kind of more broadly, it studies like concepts that are directly related to to being, you know, becoming, existence, reality. That's pretty dope. You know, th- these all sound like the same words, but if you're a philosopher, they have like very distinct meanings, right? Like, how does something come into existence? That's becoming, right? Okay, right. What is the essential nature of something? Yes, what makes... Oh, yeah, this that, is so that's, weird. That's like reality. What makes essence. a thing a thing? What exactly. is essence? What, what defines what something as itself? Do things exist, you know, in like this kind of like platonic sense of like an idealistic form that exists outside in its own reality that we then perceive? Or... Or are things created by our mind? We'll get into all these concepts. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it it's pretty, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, and this all, I think, to me, comes back to, right, like, perception. And, and the Germans have, like, a really good word for this, right? As they always do. Yeah. Where they smack two words Germany. into each other. And it just, like, may, it, it, it's just, like, a, it's good. Uh, it's, it's, like, a good it's smack. Good. You know, like what what Chloe was doing earlier. You know, it's like a good smack. Ew. Yeah, good. Um, Weltanschauung. So Weltanschauung. Bless you. 
you're welcome. I love that joke. It, good job. Uh, <laughs> is the German word for worldview. Like, it's a direct cognate okay. to, to English, right? To worldview. Okay. Um, and this is the idea that what is real is what you experience, what you yourself view. And then you compare that, <coughs> excuse me, to what others' worldviews is, uh, what worldviews are, rather, and, and and then that's what's real, Right. So what we okay. did at the beginning, okay. yeah. you know, where we're like, oh, are we recording? Okay, you look at the at the thing to see if it's going up and down, and I'll look at it too. And if we both see it and agree that it's going up and down, then that's real. We are recording. So like that tapestry right there, you see that? Yes. That's real because right. you see it too? Right, right. And like what color is it? It's purple. I, I also think it's purple. Therefore, purple it's is purple. real. It's purple. Right. But is purple real? What if your purple is my orange? Exactly. It's that whole conversation. You, like, don't even know. Right. And in a sense, that's, again, what it, like, I think all of these things I keep coming back to is, like, how do you know? What, what does it mean to know? What kind of knowledge are we talking about? Those are some big, you big know, questions. Right? And and can you gain true knowledge of something? This episode should be called Big Questions. It, 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 these are the big questions, you know, that we're dealing with here. The important stuff, essential to everyday, oh, oh wait, no, it's just esoteric bullshit. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, is, but it's super interesting. What does esoteric mean? Uh, esoteric means um, that it's it's like obscure. Okay. Uh, it's it's not, uh, not super popular. I know. just want to, side note, I just want to like compliment Mario here. This is one of my favorite things about him is that like, I'm not afraid to ask him a question any any question because he won't be like what do you mean you don't know because he'll always tell me no matter what i appreciate that yes like sometimes sometimes people are like oh have you ever seen like super super popular movie and i'll be like yeah because like (laughs) who hasn't seen pulp fiction i haven't (laughs) yeah but mario's not going to be like what's wrong with you he'll be like oh okay moving on yeah um appreciate that you're you're welcome um, so this, this whole idea of like Weltanschauung, worldviews, um, there's like this, um, th- this thing in physics, right? Called light cones. And it's like Ugh. your, your, um, reality. Like rods and cones in your eye? Mm, sort of. It's like a parallel idea, but moving out into the universe, right? Okay, okay, okay. So from the perspective of earth that we're looking out from, we can only perceive a certain segment of reality because... Right. It, this is, you know, just positing that the speed of light is absolute, right? Light goes at a certain rate. We perceive things by perceiving light or other types of electromagnetic radiation, which also can only go as fast as light. And therefore, we are bounded in a light cone, right? A light cone, if you're thinking like like your, your retina, right? Like a cone yeah. going out from your eyes, by the speed at which this electromagnetic phenomena has gotten to us. So there's like this point outside of that where there are other things that have happened and they're radiating electromagnetic radiation, right? But it just hasn't gotten to us yet. And therefore we can never perceive it. And therefore, is it real? I think that's what it, that kind of implicates this episode, right? Right. Like if we can't, if, if we could never actually perceive it, is it real? I think so. And then this gets into this idea of like, realism versus anti-realism okay so this is kind of one of the big you know kind of like um dichotomies that i'm going to talk about juxtapositions of ideas that i'm going to talk about in in this episode um so realism objectivity objectivism you know these are kind of terms that refer to the concept or the hypothesis that independent truth exists that objects have independent existence that some kind of absolute yeah. morality exists, like, right? Like my phone is alive or something? More that, you know, anything is real because it has an independent existence of my perception of it, right? So that chair wouldn't stop existing if it had never been seen by a human, right? Oh, okay, right? okay. Right, like the moon didn't come into existence because you know, some kind of self-aware being saw it, the moon was there for billions of years before that. 
before it we was, it was perceived by anybody. Right. Okay, so everything has its own. I understand. <clears throat> I get it. Right. I got you. Right, right, right. But, but it also kind of implicates this kind of like semantic objectivism, right? Where you say that uh, there is an objective truth that exists as well. Which is kind of an interesting idea. It's it's like a parallel thing, but it's with with concepts, right? Or with um, the objective reality of some kind of event. You know, I mean, I think we're we're seeing this in like our popular political culture right now with this whole like Brett Kavanaugh. You know, I don't know if you've been following this at all. Oh, I I live on Twitter. Okay, cool. So you know, there's this whole idea or, or this whole controversy right now, right? Brett Kavanaugh, the that piece of shit person. Well. And again, do we know? Do we know that? How can we know it? But it, but just if you haven't heard about this, if you don't live in the United States or whatever, there's a Supreme Court nominee to our Supreme Court who has been accused by two women, one of sexual assault, yes. attempted rape when they were in high school at a drunken party, another of, you know, essentially sexual assault, um, pressing his genitalia forcibly onto her face without her consent. Um, and, uh, I didn't know you that know, in, 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 when he was a freshman at Yale, I'm given to understand. So these are accusations, right? He denies that this happened. The women insist that it did happen. Um, but there are questions of, you know, the reliability of memory, you know, there are questions of, you know, uh, political motivations. Uh, there are questions here of, you know, is there any way at this point to know what happened or didn't happen. And how could we know that? It's like, it's like the truth. Like nobody knows the truth. And because the truth could be different to everybody. Right. The question of your truth, you know, people say, tell your truth. I think, I think that's a powerful concept in the sense that the, especially in terms of empowering victims, right? Because your perception of an event as a victim is fundamentally different than the perception of right. the event from the perspective of a bystander or certainly the the, the instigator or the or the the perpetrator, right? Um, and that kind of goes off of. I mean, this is like a little bit off topic, but why I think what makes a good villain is that you can relate to that villain and sure. see their reality. Right. What are they going through? Right, exactly. And and we've talked about this in other episodes, right? That, you know, if if someone commits a heinous act, but they weren't, you know, aware of what they were doing at the time, you know, that, that, right, uh, that right. creates, you know, sort of, it's a legal mitigative factor. It might be a moral mitigative factor, depending on your, you know, whether or not you kind of hone more to moral relativism or moral absolutism which this kind of, like, realism question implicates as well, right? Sorry, this is getting, like, a fucking no, philosophy no, no, discussion. True. But no, this is what we wanted to happen. That's what this one is, you know. Um, so, <laughs> you know. It's a, that's, that's all philosophy is. It's all questions. It's all mysteries. Exactly. And, and that's what drew me to this topic because, yeah, it is one of the big philosophical mysteries. It's the I don't know. Yeah. I, and I don't, I may not know anything. What? You know? Exactly. And and that's kind of like where this this gets to, right? You know, is not only telling your truth or your truth or my truth, but is there some kind of truth in scare quotes that exists outside of all of those truths, and that that they mm. somehow like are closer to or further away from? But but is there or is there not? That's kind of the question. Is there one? You know, I think so. I think there's one truth, and what and that's what happened, but. It can be perceived so many different ways. Right. So how can we ever know? Yeah. So, okay. So realism, objectivism, as opposed to, obviously, anti-realism. So the the notion of anti-realism is that nothing exists outside the mind. Or... I don't like that. Or at least we can never really know if anything exists outside the mind. Right? It's kind of freaky. It's kind of like that. It's a little bit creepy if you think about it, it's right? Like, isn't that like kind of nihilistic? Mm, sort of. Because we'll, we'll, I know we'll talk nihilism, nihilism scares too. me. I yeah, don't yeah. Like to think about it. These these are big concepts, right? I mean, if if you've right, right. you know, if you've never had a uh, you know sort of uh, a, a, a a moment of you know 
being overwhelmed by the enormity of the universe. You know, I, I think you haven't really thought about it enough, right? You should. You know, that, that sort of phenomenological uh, experience, I think, is important, whether you're an, an atheist or a religious person or, or anything, you know. Right. It can come from any number of sources. But, you know, just being sort of aware of the enormity of, of everything, Right. <laughs> and that's part of this too, right? Is like trying to perceive reality as, as it actually exists. It's kind of overwhelming, you know, to, to try to do that as, as a, a lowly, you know, human being animal that is just kind of like self-referentially pulled along within, you know, the four dimensional construct that we're existing, you know, through or something. Whoa. Right. Um, this this episode's all about rants. I love it. Uh, so you know, anti realism again. You know, we can never really know. Does is everything just thoughts or is it not? Um, and you know, can uh, in anti realism you can only define objects or ideas or the truth or results of a scientific experiment by themselves. So it's all defined self referentially or by analogy direct analogy to, you know, like another type of object that would, would essentially function in the same way. Um, so, so you can never really prove or disprove their reality. That's kind of the thing about anti-realism is that it, it's sort of agnostic as to whether objective reality really exists. What were you going to say? So is death when you jump out of reality... I mean, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll do an episode about death at some point. I know, but that's scary. Yeah. I can we'll... only talk about it for so long. I don't think I can talk about it for an hour. Yeah. Well, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Um, and then, you know, as I talked about earlier, this, there's this sort of like related but separate concept of idealism. Um, that reality, as we know it, is created by the mind and doesn't, you know, exist independently of our minds. But that there are also these, like, ideal objects and, you know, concepts that that have, like, their own separate existence. Um, Didn't we already talk about this? Yeah, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. But now I'm, like, going through my write-up again, so... Well, I'm just trying up. to... I'm just, try, I'm just trying to make things as clear as possible in my I head. appreciate that. I appreciate that. Because I know it can get kind of bogged down in, in all the terms and everything. Um... And then, you know, there's there's this other, um, you know, kind of division or, like, dichotomy I wanted to talk about, like, platonic realism as, of a, as opposed to Aristotelian realism. What's Aristotelian? Aristotelian. It's kind of fun to say. Aristotelian. Aristotelian. Um, that refers to Aristotle. So, Plato, Thanks. Aristotle. Uh, two ancient Greek philosophers, you know, two of the sort of, you know... Very important figures wise in Western guys, philosophy. Eh? Wise guys, yes. The, these are, you know, sort of stand-up philosophers, if you will. Um, if you've seen uh, the uh, History of the World Part 1, <laughs> the, the Mel Brooks movie. Um, I'm a stand-up philosopher. So platonic realism is the view that universals are real entities, right? What I was just talking about. That they have some kind of existence independent of the kind of particular ideation the particular version of them that we see right like there's an idealized chair that exists in some kind of like idealized realm whereas that's a chair that's right there you know as everything and and for everything else aristotelian realism on the other hand is the view that universals are real entities but their existence is dependent on the particulars that exemplify them. What does that even mean? Right. I, I copy that directly from Wikipedia. I just want you to know that. Do not want to plagiarize without citing. <laughs> so what that means to me is, you know, it's this question of, like, is is the object itself, the whole of the object, real? Or are the only real things the sort of constituents of the object? This is something we talked about in, like, my Buddhist class, and it got oh. it got very, like, ooh, like, oh, that's really interesting, but what are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, ah. that's really interesting, uh, but uh, what? It's one of those concepts that kind of, like, eludes you a little bit, right? So, like, like let's go back to that chair example. Right, like, so is the, the chair... chair itself, is the chair itself real, or is the wood, and the, is that what you meant? Right, exactly. Like, does a chair exist, 
or in does, reality or, or does this particular structure of wood together exist right and each like constituent part of it would it exist you know if the chair didn't have any legs would it still be a chair yes if the chair didn't have any backing, would it still be a chair? No, it'd if be a it, stool. If it didn't have any seat, would it still be a chair? No, that's not a chair. <laughs> so it, again, it's this, it, you know, it's these tests that you do of like, what is real? What makes a chair real? What makes a chair a chair? How do you define something as real or define something as itself? Um, these are the questions that will not have these any answers. These are the questions that haunt me. <laughs> right. Um, because, you know, again, we embrace the mystery here. We are a team mystery. Team mystery. Team mystery. So none of these questions will be answered. Thank you very much. Um, another, yay, we love the mystery. Um, so another kind of like dichotomy, you know, kind of like juxtaposition I wanted to talk about is being versus perception. So, yeah, you know, this question of being, right, it's related to the question of reality what what is the sort of ultimate nature of reality right um and again i'm going to bring up some ancient greek philosophers because they they just seem to have like the monopoly on this shit at least as far as the wikipedia articles I think that it's i was just cuz they were bored they didn't have anything better to do like watching supernatural again uh yeah. or you know fucking star trek uh, like I like to do. Uh, they didn't have any MLB The Show to play or a new Spider-Man video game. Uh, so, you know, they had to fucking think about what is, is. <laughs> what is everything. Um, and there was this uh, dude named Parmenides who thought, okay, everything is one thing. It's a single unchanging being that doesn't make any sense that if we were you know to step outside of it it would just exist as a a static construct so we would be able to step outside and look at it right so this is the idea that you can kind of step outside of time and it's it's frozen look back at what you were just in right right like as if you were looking at a a, you know a, a timeline or um a successive you know series of shots within a movie you know yes and and you can just see it and see how it's going to play out the god-like perspective so to speak um this is opposed is is opposed to um the ideas of heraclitus who taught the heraclitus 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 yes find the heraclitus Uh um so this is the idea that everything flows no pun intended um flow you know, no, your monthlies. that was bad. That was such a stretch. And flow. That was a no, stretch. No, did that not work? That didn't work at okay. all. Okay, well, I'm glad, I'm glad I fucking over-explained it too then. <laughs> um, so this is the idea that, like, you know, ev- that the universe is, is constructed of, like, an innumerable number of tiny things that all flow with one another. Essentially, this he was right. That's what we found out. Essentially, that that is kind of like the best sort of version of what is reality that we know of, right? Yeah, because that's also like takes into account other people's reality, like that it all just flows together, right? Yes, yes, and and both of these are definitely like you know on the realist side, right? Yeah, the, the like reality my... does actually exist. Yeah. It's just kind of like what is the nature of it. Um, but essentially, this is the idea of, you know, like atoms or fucking string theory, right? That everything is these tiny... Again, there's a related concept in, like, Buddhism uh, of the, the, the skansas or something like that. I, I took a class in this, like, a year ago, but I don't really remember too well. Um, but, the, you know, everything is, like, a different consequence of the motion of these tiny 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 little objects that's weird but again the the and that parallels to a universe that i'm going to talk about too exactly and then um you know again like we talked about earlier uh platonism you know uh, platonic thinking uh from plato you know that um the existence of these kind of like universal or abstract objects um in ideal forms and then, so, you know, all of those are kind of under the heading of being, right? That's as opposed to perception. Um, and within that realm of perception, we're talking about, like, direct as opposed to indirect realism. So this is the idea that 
the senses do or do not give us direct information about the world. And I think th- this is a mm. really, really interesting concept to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is something like I've thought not a lot about, but definitely some about. Um, I read this book and then I listened to the audiobook as well, actually, called On Intelligence. Okay. And it was about how the perceptive areas of the brain work, right? How the neocortex works. And essentially what I learned was that the senses all work exactly the same, right? They bring in some kind of stimuli and they immediately turn it into pulses of electrical, um, you know, uh, potential. So electrical pulses. And the time is very important in that. The, The time scale between the electrical pulses and the nature of them are what create our perceptions. But whether it's hearing or seeing or, you know, smelling, tasting, they're all exactly the same. And then in our brain, they're filtered through different areas of consciousness. And it's only the highest level that is this sort of, you know, continuous conscious understanding or perception that that we know, that we understand. So what's an example of like our brain giving us something indirectly? So us, our brain giving us something indirectly. Well, the, the example I like to use from it is that, okay, so, you know, on on your eye, right? You have your, what, the, the cornea, right? Yes. Um, and that's where the photoreceptors are. Yes. Right? Is that, that's correct, right? Sure. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure. Whatever that part is called, the photoreceptors on, you know, this sort of like, you know, um, half sphere. They're most dense at the middle part and they get less and less dense as they go out, right? So there comes a point because we have binocular vision where there are no photoreceptors, you know, kind of lining up on both eyes. So technically we have a blind spot that's just at the outside of our periphery. Now, what our brain does is fills in that blind spot or those two blind spots. Oh, you mean like what's behind me? Um, like I know what I know what it looks like behind me, but like Sure, that's object I'm permanence. I'm not looking at it. Oh, it, oh. It, it, it's it's a it's another sort of version of object permanence. Which babies don't have, which I think exactly. is funny. Yes, that is it is kind of funny and and certain other animals I believe as well don't have object permanence. Um, to them, whatever's not in front of them, whatever they don't see, isn't real. That's how they That's perceive the world. That's object permanence, yes. That's object That's permanence. why peekaboo is so funny to babies. Because you're exactly. literally gone and they're like, oh, what? what right. Where'd they, they go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a magic trick. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Um, and it, it's sort of, I know you're going you're gonna to talk about like Flatland too. It's sort of that idea too that like you have a, a sort of fundamental um, uh you know, thing that you can't see. You have, you have a block on your perception, in a sense. Right. Um, so there's this, also this idea, you know, whether objects do or don't have, like, inherent physical existence, whether, um, or, you know, and, and whether uh, or not, you know, they're they're being perceived. They're being observed. So is the universe, you know, is reality kind of created by our minds perceiving it? Um, essentially, this is, like... If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Uh, okay. It's that question. What is a sound? You know, what does it mean for something to be real? Does it have to be perceived to be real? Or does it have an Or does existence? it just exist? Or does it just, like, exist? I think things just exist. But do they exist in the way that we think of them ex- ex- existing? Or when we're not looking at them to... I don't know. It's... It gets real weird real fast. Maybe dolls are real when we don't look at them. I hope so. Um, <laughs> I really do. Um, and then there's this, this idea of phenomenalism, that things only exist as perceptual phenomena. Wow, that sounds phenomenal. It's it's phenomenal. Let me tell you. Um, so <laughs> this is like a big idea in certain religions that, you know, phenomenological experiences are real. So, for example, you may be in a culture that employs sweat tents and, um, you know, certain uh, narcotics that happen to grow in the woods, right? Like Kwiasko uh, or whatever it's called. I, ayahuasca. 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 
So you, you have this kind of like uh, hallucinatory experience um, that's phenomenological to you, right? Um, that has sort of religious or cultural overtones and therefore it, it's perceived by you to be real. Would you ever go on an ayahuasca trip? No, God no. Why not? D- because... Don't you, like, sweat and puke and stuff for, like, hours? Yeah, it sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> Why would I do that? Because um, you see things. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I can, I can see a bunch of things right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking blind. Um, but Are you, you, though? I know, right? <laughs> like, have you really seen? Have you seen reality? Yeah, but have you seen reality on ayahuasca? Um, so there's also this idea that, okay... Maybe, okay, maybe things do exist, right? Let, let, let's, um, for the sake of argument, say that things really do exist, okay? Um, Yay, I'm sure you'll all, you'll all agree to that pretty easily. So maybe, though, maybe, just, just maybe, they don't really exist in the way you think they exist. Maybe they only exist sort of mathematically, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like math. Maybe everything is, is really just math if you weren't, like, it, perceiving it through your senses. Is that how you can, like, mathematically calculate, like, the like the world? Or right. It's this idea that, you know, you could create a mathematical equation. For anything. That would equate to the real universe and that it would be essentially the right. same thing. Right, right, right. Or a computer program or what have you, right? A series of punch cards. Um, if if you were doing it back in the 70s. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I think my my dad used punch cards in, in like fucking college or something. Although, the, yeah, I guess that would have been like the late 70s. So, yeah. Anyway, um, and in the platonic realism idea that, that I keep mentioning, numbers exist you know, as real or ideal objects as well. So they have kind of like an inherent reality. <laughs> and there's also this idea that, you know, um, th- this thing called the mathematical universe hypothesis, that the physical universe is not merely described by mathematics, but it is it mathematics. It is mathematics. It is That's... mathematics. Specifically a mathematical structure, right? And that all the potentialities that exist within a mathematical structure really do exist in some kind of universe. That's weird. Which kind of gets to yours, but we're not quite there yet. I also did just want to briefly mention this idea, you know, the idea of nihilism. I don't like that. It's scary. Actually, really nothing exists. It really doesn't make too much sense, which is why I'm just sort of mentioning it as kind of a throwaway because... I mean, at, at least there has to at least be a sort of anti-realist or, you know, um, it, even if you only think reality exists through our perception or by being created by perception, you know, it, at least, I mean, I can see things. I experience the world. So I I don't know. Like each of us can sort of vouch for the idea that like something is real, even if it's not exactly what we perceive. So I think I just think it's not you know it, it's sort of an inherently um, absurd idea. There are also things that are a little less absurd, but are still like skeptical of reality, right? They don't exactly say like, "Oh no, absolutely, reality doesn't exist," but they they kind of have a different take on it. Okay. So the first one I'll talk about is the brain in the vat hypothesis, uh... right? So. You know, this is the idea that suppose, just suppose, that there's a disembodied brain kept alive in a vat that's fed false sensory signals, which is not that far-fetched of an idea, actually, by a sort of mad scientist, um, you know, a, a sort of Dr. Frankenstein of the future, and that this, um, you know reality that's being perceived by this brain is not truly real but simply a consequence of these false signals that are being fed to it by this sort of mad scientist the matrix yes like they wake up in those weird green pods exactly right 
Exactly. So the, this this gets to the matrix hypothesis or the simulated reality hypothesis that suggests that actually, really, we might exist within a simulation, a, a computer simulation, perhaps. Or if you're more of a, you know, Burkean idealist, you might say that it's the mind of God, that we are simply like a consequence of the thought, right? The logos, um, and that that's actually what's real um, and exists somehow outside of us, which is a playing out of that, you know, thought or program or logos or simulation or so matrix. So would that be considered, considered real because it's on a bigger scale than well, what we have? You know, the, the, exactly. Is I mean, that the question? That's the question. <laughs> We're not going to answer it. You're like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't, who knows? Because, right? like, I guess that, like, if I'm just a brain in a vat, that sucks. But also, why can't what's happening right now be considered reality? And how would we know? And we how can't. would we know? It's unknowable, and therefore a mystery, and therefore I fucking love it. So I guess that's it. like why you can't really worry about this kind of stuff because, like, right. you'll never know. Exactly. In case this makes anybody anxious, because these kind of things can definitely hey, it's good to feel a little uncomfortable now and again. But um. It's why you can't, because you're never going to know. And right. if you're like, oh, I'm okay where I'm at, are yeah. you okay where you're at? No, it's like, I remember reading like Sartre, like the philosopher Sartre, like several years ago, like sit, sitting in the bathroom, like reading Sartre and just thinking like, you know, because he, he kind of like implicates this question very heavily of like, oh, maybe nothing's real. And like, maybe perception is just like, it's fake and you know how would you ever know but if it is fake then who cares then exactly that that's what it comes down to it's like well but yeah do I humans guess. have a desire to want what's real Ooh. i think so most people I think. that was some musical lyric shit right there but i think that's one of the roots of religion too it's like explaining is what is real, the real <laughs> is this just, just fantasy so there's also this oh, idea of the. No, I'm gonna stop you now. Uh, pause on the CD player. Um, so there's this idea also called the dream. Mama. Ar- <laughs> okay, shut up. Ooh. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I also want to talk about the dream argument. So this comes uh, from like Descartes or Zhuangzi, um, the yeah. Chinese philosopher, and it supposes that. Reality is indistinguishable from a dream. So dreams are the same thing as reality? Maybe dreams are real. Maybe reality is a dream. Maybe we're all living in the dream of a butterfly. Mm, all that kind of stuff. Like Neat stuff. Like under the dome. Yeah. So... It, Yes, under Stephen the, King under, book. It, yes, and there are so many cultural references of you know these sort of like reality questions or being questions or parallel universe questions. Um, there's, um, I just want to mention a couple more of these kind of sick skeptical hypotheses. Um, there's also Descartes' evil demon hypothesis, and this is that a being quote as clever and deceitful as he is powerful who has directed his entire effort to misleading me, close quote, is creating the perception of the reality that we think is real. But actually, in in real reality, there's a demon tormenting me. (gasps) That's weird. To show me this reality. This is also an idea that comes up in Buddhist philosophy. I Uh, feel like that's something that would come up if you live in, like, an awful place. Sure. Like, that... A de- it was created by a demon. Right. Right. From Supernatural. <laughs> well, there was that episode where they, like, yep. go into, like, the TV world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's the, the, the Trickster God episode. Yeah. They... Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you, if you haven't watched one. these seasons of Supernatural, you're, like, way fucking behind. So, anyway. Yeah, like from, like, 2005. <laughs> yeah. This is a long time ago. Um, and then the last one I'm going to mention, it's the five-minute hypothesis which is also called the Amphalos Hypothesis or Last Thursdayism, which suggests that the world was created recently together with the records and traces indicating a greater age. What? And again, how would you know? 
I don't wait. I don't understand that one. Okay, so say that God exists, right? Yes. God can do anything, right? Yes. God's a creator. It's like he does. He's kind of a creative type. Um, he just likes messing around. You know, Jackson Pollock. ENSFP. You know, sort of, yeah. Um, you know, he, he enjoys, you know, throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. And, you know, creates, say, this universe, let's say, um, and just says, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of want to see what it's going to look like, um, yeah, uh, you know, more than 10 billion years in. You know, I don't really want to muck around with that first part. It's kind of boring. Um, I've done that before. So, like, let's see where things would be on, uh, you know, uh, September 27th, 2018 in the United States uh, in this particular universe. It's uh, the 26th. Bam. Uh, whatever, whatever day it is. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. Um, and as part of that, he creates the records and, you know, the past to fill in behind what's just been created. Oh, that's weird. Right? This is, it's very much like an episode of like the Twilight Zone. And certain Twilight Zone episodes are obviously like implicate these questions too. So, you know, that that's really everything that I had. I mean, obviously there's a lot of other stuff you could talk about in terms of reality um, lots of other, you know, philosophical and religious, uh, scientific theories that you could get into. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of took, um, yeah, just sort of that like Western philosophy view and kind of extrapolated that. I don't know. You, maybe I should do part two next week. I could, I probably could. There's like a shit ton more I could talk about. I don't know. We'll see. Let's move Indetermined. on. But yeah, let's move on to Chloe. You can hear her getting her write up out. Good, good, good. It's on a Denny's. Shit you not. It's, I'm going to take a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally on a Denny's menu, so feel privileged. Feel loved. Yes. So, a go. Do parallel universes exist? I don't know. Do they? That's the question. Oh, that's the so question. So, what I ended up writing down after doing some research um, uh, was, like, types of of universes. I, I wrote this with you. I know. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just berating Mario for looking at my, my Like paper. every week. So, let's start with the first one. Infinite universes. So, the idea that time is, is like a flat surface and therefore it goes on time forever. It's a flat circle. Sorry. <laughs> You've never seen True Detective. I haven't. <laughs> if you've ever, if anyone has ever seen True Detective, you'll know what I'm talking about. Matthew McConaughey. Time is a flat circle. Okay, go on. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so time is a flat and it goes on forever. And in that concept, it means there are many, there are infinite number of possibilities of universes. Um, and because of this, they can start repeating themselves and they can repeat themselves because particles can only be put together in so many ways. Right. 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 And this kind of like, from my perspective, like from a quantum physics perspective kind of makes sense because, you know, there's this idea of like the quantum flux, right? Yes. You know, like, um, there's, you know, particles coming in and out of existence all the time, right? Changing to different types of particles, and maybe that's because, like, oh, there's these all these parallel universes. They're just, like, moving between them. Next. Could be. Who knows? Daughter universes, which I think I like this concept the, the most. Uh-huh. And if I, were to, if I were God and I were to choose how the universes worked, it would be this. So every outcome from one of your decisions creates another universe. So there's another universe where... I don't know, something something like little. Like, instead of wearing, like, this black shirt, I'm wearing an orange one or something. Sure. It can be as little as that or it can be as, as big as in another, you know, other universe. Like, I, I don't know, decided that I wanted to be a cat or I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm going to become a cat. <laughs> where... <laughs> Or maybe like, like, like uh, Dennis's ex-wife in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, she thinks she's a cat? Yeah, yeah. You think you're a cat. Um, no, I just would want to be one if, you know, I come back in a you know, future In a life. different parallel universe? Uh, yeah. Maybe there's a parallel universe like, cat Mario. Like, um... Maybe we're all cat people in a different universe. Like that Family Guy episode where 
they go to a universe where dogs are in charge and exactly. humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very, very popular. And Brian idea. was like, wait, I want to stay here. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, Brian, what or a like fucking a, a fucking bunch of episodes in Rick and Morty. Yes. This is the Rick and Morty theory. Um, so the question then becomes, is it happening all at once? Does it, or does it branch off? Right. Um, and I think this also kind of parallels to the butterfly effect. Sure. Where what you do or say can make a different future. Do you control your fate, your destiny? That's another question we could talk about. Right. Kind of chaos theory. Chaos theory. Is chaos theory real because of parallel universes? Yeah. And I think it also asks the question, like, okay... If this is real, right, if different potentialities create different universes, then is, you know, what we perceive as, like, the present only real? And we're just kind of, like... Yes. You know, bran- like branching literally into these, like, different, you know, universes that kind of, like, drop off <laughs> the ones that don't become real? Or are we, like, moving within a static construct of all different potential realities, Um that, you know, and therefore we could go backwards in time to a different potential reality or like right, move, right. you know, statically to another right. parallel universe. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of like different, I think, ways that it could like play yes. out. So you can like, <laughs> if you were to like time travel or something right. and you change something, all of a sudden you are in this new world. And if, is there a way a to, whole to, new jump, world. to jump back and forth between them? Jump back. Um, that's the question. And I do love time travel. Obviously, parallel universes and time travel, like, they always go pretty much hand in hand. Yes. Yeah. So, next on this list is technical universes. So, this parallels to the Black Mirror episode, one of the most popular ones, um, called the USS Callister. And if you haven't seen Black Mirror, go ahead and watch it. It's amazing, number one. Mm -hmm. Um, number two, it has all of these, uh, episodes that are like the Twilight Zone and play with all different types of concepts and they all tend to be based on technology and and most of them are it's kind of freaky because they're very plausible. Exactly. Um so technical universes would be something like like if we is it possible for us as humans to get to a point where we can like make a computer so techno- technologically advanced that it becomes self-aware? And it creates its own sort of reality, like in the Black Mirror episode USS Callister. The I don't remember exactly, but there's like the one of the main characters is like head of like um some kind of really popular. What is it like? A re- They're essentially making a video game. It's a video that, game. That you, yeah, you know, you perceive into you know with these little implants that yes. are a part of the shared reality of the show. Yes. You know, where it's kind of like directly feeding percept, you know, um, uh, it's, it, it's directly feeding into your brain. Yeah, you it's know, these like little like circle things that they like put on their temple and then right. they're there. Right. It's like the brain in the vat idea we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So is, is that, is that a, would that be considered a whole other universe? And he, right. and he create he creates this universe where he's like the captain of a ship and they go and they go to weird alien places and defeat monsters and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like Star Trek. Um, but he he's the captain. Right. And what he does is that he takes, in order to bring other people into this world with them, he takes their DNA. Exactly. Oh, and you mentioned Star Trek. There's a Star Trek like episode, or maybe a couple of episodes, that have the mirror universe, right? Right, right. Um, where, like, uh, you know, the, the roles are reversed, and, like, their people are more evil and like cutthroat, and then they there's some that come from the mirror universe into the regular universe and fuck shit up. It, people are dead in one but not the other. Right, right, right. It's, yeah, it's it's a really good episode. Um, and so begs the question: We can go back to like the Matrix thing. Is that's what's going on with us? Are right. we some kind of techno? Are we in a simulation right now? Right. Is there a glitch in the Matrix? Or like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, are we like a huge computer program that's being run 
by some mice. My well, the and the mice, of course, are simply projections into our dimension of hyper intelligent, you know, fifth dimensional beings um, that are like some sort of like idealized representation of the color blue or something. I don't remember what? exactly. There's, I don't remember. I've read, I read the it a while ago a, a too, few times, yeah. but but yeah. And again, if we're giving out you know shout outs and recommendations. Definitely read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's good. Yeah, but it's but like good. all six of the books, not just the first one. I only read the first one, but I should read what's five the, or six. The restaurant at the end of the universe. The restaurant the at the end one? of the universe, definitely. Um, I can't remember what the other ones are called, but but yeah, you just read them all or Mario's, listen to the audiobooks. Mario's um, Instagram name is Zaphod Beeblebrox. Exactly. So fucking nerdy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you tell I'm pretty nerdy? By this fucking episode. By the main character was three heads. No, two heads. Two heads. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, have what do I have on here? Okay. So, I also have some other concepts that, like, go into this. Um, like, black holes. Can black holes lead to some type of parallel universe? Probably. Um, so, one of the last articles that Stephen Hawking wrote uh, before he died. R.I.P. R.I.P. was about this very thing. Um, so he calculated that event the, uh, that eventually black holes end. And so mm. when they end, what's right. there? Right, because of Hawking radiation. Yeah. According to his calculations, black holes eventually begin to leak information and then they just explode, which releases trapped particles in whatever form that they're in. Mm. Um and maybe it could create an opening to a parallel universe. Right, right. Right. And next on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. Segue. Uh, are false memories another universe? Um, probably. Like the Mand- probably. <laughs> like the Mandela effect. Right. Um, are other universes spinning into our own? Is there a universe where it's the Berenstain Bears versus the Berenstain Bears? Probably. Probably. There's another one that's pretty popular. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it is, though. Um, I don't know. Good. Great. I'm glad. It'll remain a mystery. There's one where, like, a lot, there was, like, some people thought this one person died this one way, but they didn't die or something. Something. Or something. Yeah. But that's also a weird one. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to touch on Flatland. Um, because we talked about it. So Flatland, A Romance of Many Dimensions is a book by Edwin A. Abbott. It was written in 1884. And basically it's a story about these two-dimensional beings that are real. So it's like living triangles and circles and shit. And they like live in a two-dimensional world. Right. Like we live in a, a what a 3D world, right? Three physical dimensions, one temporal dimension. That's the one we live in. So as this one, th- as far as we know. So this one is... Two. Right. So it's, I don't know. I think I could see it as a children's show. Exactly. And it's kind of a children's book. Um, But yeah, there's like a one dimensional, you know, perspective that it goes through and like a two dimensional. And then at the end, like a four dimensional, which is like the ethereal, you know, kind of plane. It's like inviting the reader, him or herself to like imagine this cycle continuing with them. Right. Out of the three-dimensional and into kind of this ethereal realm. That kind of parallels to something I was going to talk about, but it's kind of a lot. Not that this isn't a lot, but um, called the Akashic Records. And basically it's like this cache um, that you have in your conscious that you can access. And it has like infinite amount of information um, and... you can learn about like yourself and your past life and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, yeah. Sounds pretty cool. It's, it's a very, very interesting concept concept in my opinion. But, um, so I wanted to do my sources. Okay. Yeah. So I did my research, uh, from Wikipedia. Hell yeah. And you know, prior knowledge and whatever, so I, I read through a sum of, like, a ton of <laughs> Wikipedia pages. Wikipedia! So, um, they're page for reality, mathematical hypothesis, idealism, anti-realism, objectivism, category of being, ontology, 
the theory of everything, Platonic realism, naive realism, subjective idealism, and Heraclitus. All Bam. right. And probably some other ones that I, I got. I remember I got mine from like space.com, a space.com article. Right. That talked about types of um, parallel universes. Exactly. So do you have any weird shit in the news? Weird shit in the news? Weird shit in, in the, the news. news. Weird shit. In the news. In the news. In the news. Um, so not really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I I had I had something. Okay. Let's we're, we're both like frantically trying to fran- <laughs> frantically looking for for a thing. Oh, so um What's up? When did this happen? Nope. We're not doing that. It's like this this article it's a screenshot of an article and I wish I could find the oh. article. You know, I actually did it. Sorry, I did have something. It was not from a news article. It was from a BBC report that I was listening to. Oh, I found the article. So, okay, but let me do mine just really quick. Okay, part. yes. Okay, so it's it's kind of like a mystery in the news. So, okay, so this happened in Liberia. I'm like 99% sure. And there were these two, um, you, you know, like the, the, t- the containers that they put on like ships, like shipping containers? Yes. Okay, so they're huge, right? Yeah. So there were two of them that were filled with Liberian currency. Okay. Billions of dollars in Liberian currency. Okay. Like over $300 million or something. And it just went missing. Oh. Nobody knows where it went. What? Or where it is. Or where it will be soon, I assume. What? Um, That's crazy! Yeah, so apparently the bills themselves that had just been printed, they were supposed to be on their way to the Central Bank of Liberia, but instead they sat at a dock for a while, and then they disappeared. I, I Is is there not a, a, a tracker on that? One would think, right? Apparently part of the problem is that they were sourced from three different countries, because I guess Liberia has, like, other countries print, <coughs> print their currency for them. Okay. So there's not, like, one kind of, like, track that they would go on. So there's not, like, one person kind of tracking all of them, I guess. But still. But still. You would think that billions of dollars in native currency wouldn't just, like, go missing. 5% of their GDP. Just <gasps> gone. Oh, and... It, you better bet people are out on the streets fucking, yeah, protesting, you know, the new president and everything. Well, it's fairly new. So, yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows. Okay, what's yours? So this actually happened a month ago um, in Denver, Colorado. Or no, no, it's from the Denver Channel <laughs> News but it's from Sheridan, Colorado. I don't know how far that is from Denver. Anyway, um, the title is Man Who Claimed Neo-Nazi Haircut Led to Stabbing in Colorado Actually Stabbed Himself. Oh. What, <laughs> like an, how, what an own goal. How low can you can you get? So basically, like, this guy posted a, uh, a picture of him on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um He's like, it happened outside uh, a steak and shake. He told um, some black guy in his 20s came up to him and said, quote, are you one of them neo-Nazis? And tried and like tried to stab him. Um, and so he said it was like a, a defensive wound and he posted pictures of like his bloody hand on Facebook. Um, and which the story itself doesn't make sense because it's it's like a he's a very normal looking dude. Mm-hmm. And like. His haircut's a very normal-looking, clean-cut buzz cut. And nobody, like, looks at that and says, Oh, that guy's a Nazi! It, yeah. He just looks like... Doesn't he just... has, like, a very regular, like, haircut. Yeah. I mean, you know, Nazis don't always, uh, I guess, uh, look like what you think they will. It just it, it just doesn't ma- make sense. You, can, you can't judge a Nazi by his I haircut. feel like that takes a lot of guts to just stab yourself. Mm, I feel like it's... No, I don't know. What is it the... just takes like being self-destructive and not giving a shit, I guess. I don't know. They what ended up happening was they reviewed surveillance video and oh, they okay. never saw like a random black guy. Right. Um 
and somebody uh like saw like saw him um it says they also discovered that a transient man matching the description lived nearby they interviewed him and discovered that he wasn't involved okay um and but the video showed the guy like bought a knife before from the store just minutes before the attack. Jesus. It's uh, just... What a douche. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's, that's probably it's it. It's bedtime. Uh, thanks, y'all, for listening to us um, on our 39th yes. week. Yes! 39th <laughs> week. Thank 39th you. week. Oh, and if, if this episode sounded a little different to you, it's because we're recording it on Chloe's phone. Because uh, Mario's iPhone needs an update. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty messed up. It's kind of uh, glitching out right now. Glitching out. Uh, not really um, charging too well, which not at all. Kind of unfortunate. Um, I do need my phone for my job, so it's kind of annoying in that way. And uh, yeah, but I'm gonna get it figured out for sure by next week. So yay, yay. Um, but yeah, you know we're here in the podcasting bedroom and. Uh, uh, it's just, uh, you know, Mario and uh, Chloe signing off from uh, Mysteryville here Mysteryville. in uh, the center of Illinois. I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point because I'm, like, super tired. Sorry, it's kind of late. It's um, pretty late. It's pretty It's pretty fucking late. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good night, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.